The Start On Demand. On demand. I slept in. It's every morning radio person's nightmare, and that nightmare came true today. I slept in and barely made it to work on time. So the day started great for me, but managed to make it through the show incident-free, relatively incident-free. And the show included an important discussion on a retail theft and safety roundtable that is happening today in Winnipeg to try to figure out how to tackle this ongoing problem. The Winnipeg Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards, an event which we hosted last year at the Met. The public nomination process is now underway. You can cast your vote at WNLA.ca. Another website you want is LaPoutineWeek.com because it starts on Saturday. And we got samples from Canadians. And we meet the champion child of 2020 for the Children's Hospital Foundation, Brady Babrowicz. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Friday, January 31st podcast for The Start. It's Friday. We like to have fun on Friday. I love this music, but 14, I'm going to ask you to fade it down because I have some music that I think is a bit more fitting for this morning, for a situation <laughs> that uh, I create of my own creation. I have to humbly fall on the sword for my colleagues here because I woke up today at 5.19 and thought, is it Saturday? No, it's Friday. Oh my God, I slept in. And I have a stream of notifications on my phone. 4 a.m., alarm silenced after 45 minutes. 3.15 a.m., alarm silenced after 45 minutes. And the list goes on. My alarm, my alarm clock goes off at 2.05 my, and 2.20. And then as a safeguard, I have like 20 alarms set on my phone and I slept through all of it. How? How do you sleep through all of that? It's, I don't know. You're really tired, I guess. You look terrific. You do. <laughs> I don't. How I, many missed phone calls did you have from us? I think four missed phone calls and uh, and then a bunch of missed e- panicked emails from our friends out in Calgary because I do a hit with them. I, re- I record a hit with them at 5.20, so I screwed them too, so we're going to have to do that at 6.25. But uh, what's also weird is I had a dream that we were on location and... I just kind of wandered off during an interview and like blacked out. <laughs> and then I came back at the end and you guys, you in particular, Greg, were so mad at me that you had to walk away from me at the end. Well, we were mad, mad this man. We just were concerned. worried. We, we were, were worried. Yes. We were like, he's late. This isn't like him. By 4.40, we knew something was up. Yeah. By 4.50, we were like, something could be wrong. Mm-hmm. By 4.55, we had come up with about seven different death scenarios to which... <laughs> Some were some were better than others. Some were pretty. Most of them were pretty good, actually. <laughs> some of them, some of them were okay ways to go. Yeah, but Loren's uh, <laughs> suggestion was interesting. I will never share it. Yeah. But you know, there are better ways to go than others, and I had you down for a really great way. Well, anyway, guys, I'm so sorry. I think Don't this is apologize. the second time this has happened in my career, and uh, it is the worst feeling. So, and I know I'm in no position to ask a favor, but I would like to just very quickly acknowledge one of our listeners who won our Diavolo yes. tickets yesterday. Please, Eileen on Facebook. We were asking the question. 
Have you ever laughed at someone else's misfortune? And please, you guys, feel free to laugh at me oh, all morning. Oh, we've been morning. laughing at you already all good, morning. Good, good. Uh, so Eileen painted a very vivid picture here. Eileen says, My friend Karina and I were in the Dominican getting ready to do some parasailing. We had to take a smaller boat out to the larger one and had to jump onto the larger boat. There were quite a few waves that day, so when Karina attempted to board the larger boat, a large wave came up, so her jump ended up being more of an, I don't know what happened. Next thing I see is Karina spanning the distance between the boats with her body, hanging on for dear life with her hands on the large boat and her hands on, her feet gripping the edge of the smaller boat, kind of like making a human suspension bridge between the boats. This should not have been funny, but I got the giggles and couldn't do much to help my friend. I sat there and watched as she planked between the boats, waves making her sway up and down. Uh-huh. Everything ended well. They got control of the smaller boat and helped her into the other one. With no injuries except maybe an injured pride. We still laugh at this, but perhaps I still a little more than she does. Mm. I have only one question. Are there pictures? <laughs> I yeah. wonder. Hold on right there. Let's let me get <laughs> exactly. let me get the through the now look at that, the camera. Perfect. That's taking it to So do you have you ever had a friend or someone that you know in your family who's had a bird poop on them? Oh, yeah. And then you're like, they're like, bird pooped at me. You're like, mm-hmm, yeah, just hold still for a second. <laughs> because, like, like, when you have the wherewithal to just be like, not only am I laughing at you, but I'm, I'm so not going to help you that I'm going to pause to dig my camera out or my phone out of my purse and take a picture of this. I'm going to capture the moment for all for eternity. Everybody. I yes. want everybody to know about this. Yeah. It's good luck, isn't it? If you well, they, they just say, say so. that. They say that so, so you, you feel don't better. feel bad okay. about it. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, Braun, Forte, and a special guest this morning, Bob Irving. Hello there, sir. Kelly Moore called me and said we have no one available to do the morning sports on Friday, January 31st. No one. He said, you're our last resort. You're the bottom of the barrel. Would you do it? And I said, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so here I am. Pleasure to have you, Bob. And Nice to be here. Well, well, sort of. Apropos that Bob's here because it's Super Bowl weekend, Greg. Yeah, it's also Groundhog Day on Sunday. Mm. So which snacks need to show up over and over and over again <laughs> in order for it to be a good Super Bowl party or any sports viewing party. What's what's mandatory on the menu, Jeff Braun? Well, for me, for Super Bowl, and it's not going to happen this year because it's usually me, my friend Jeff, and our friend Mark. And Mark's wife always makes this delicious cheese taco dip of some sort. Ooh. And it's always the hit of the party, but Mark's not coming this year because his kid's got a hockey tournament can't out of town. So it'll just be... the dip anyway? Yeah. Drop it off early? Yeah. I, I am this Send close to down. asking them that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, that's usually my... F- the best thing that happens on Super Bowl, but we'll just have to make do with pizza and wings and beer and chips without dip. <laughs> chip, well, why no dip? Chip, yeah, what's going why on? Why going here? dipless with the chips? I don't because he doesn't have it. that dip. The taco <laughs> Go dip to the he store. doesn't have. Hell of a dip. You heard of it? I don't know. It's you can really also buy good. that. You can buy that. Uh... It's not the same. Well, <laughs> homemade can, is always know. better. You can buy pre-made taco dip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's certainly nothing like that is ever as good as a homemade. But yeah. you can buy it. Like it's also very easy to make, Jeff. You could do this. No, uh, you know when 
Like when Homer like Simpson no pours a bowl of cereal and it catches fire, that's me in the kitchen. <laughs> All right. What do you got, Greg? Well, you know, uh, I was surprised. That I looked at a map of the United States and the most popular snack in, I think it was about 15 of the 50 states, cocktail wieners. Like those miniature hot dogs wrapped in pastry. Oh. We had a get together a few weeks ago at our house for the curling team. And those were the first things to go. We ran out of them, I think, before everybody arrived. But I'm really intrigued. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not really a vegetable guy, but this buffalo chicken dip and cauliflower buffalo bites have really become popular. The cauliflower, I guess they do it in the oven mm-hmm. and they douse it or cover yeah. it in buffalo sauce and then you uh, dip it in blue cheese dressing. I'm just, good. Why even pretend yeah, that like, you're eating vegetables? At yeah. That point, you know? yeah if you put, do you have to put that much cheese in a sauce on something? You're just negating. And also I'm done with cauliflower being the thing we why? all do to feel healthy. But, cauliflower rice and cauliflower pizza and cauliflower beds with stuff on them. I'm done. But so what do you have? Nachos. <laughs> Cauliflower instead of chips? <laughs> no. Just how, nachos. How about broccoli? Are you no, down, are you down broccoli. on broccoli? You're not on Super Bowl. <laughs> that, you just, if you're doing that, you're just... You're Joe, you're teasing yourself. But yeah. if, if you have a vegetarian in the fold, the cauliflower uh-huh. is a decent... Because uh-huh. I've, I've had some of those tasty cauliflower treats, and, and I really don't mind them. I've even had a cauliflower steak. Yeah, so they're good. I'm just saying on this day of all days, keep the vegetables out of... You can have vegetarian nachos. Yeah. But what if you... you yes, you could. You could. I won't. Bob, will you have vegetarian nachos? Is beer a snack? Like this? <laughs> Does it count? It? Barley sandwich. It's, a, it's vegetarian for sure. Yeah. So I like to have a the odd beer. I would say I'd like to have the odd beer, and out of a case of twelve, I'll have one, three, five, seven, nine, and eleven. I have the odd beer. Uh, but no, I, I look. I'm a snack freak, and I try to stay away from them. But I love potato chips mm-hmm. and Cheetos and. Nuts. I really like nuts, which is bad for you. I mean, you can have a few. You're supposed to have seven. What is it? Seven almonds. Almonds a day? Well, you can't stop at seven, right? Seven. You have seven handfuls, maybe, but uh, no. And they have to be covered in chocolate. That's right, yeah. (laughs) So, no, I was. And carrots. I like chomping on carrots. So, there's my healthy note for the day. But no, I I love all, all these bad snacks. I love them all. So carrots. you'll actually have carrots in uh, like on the table Sunday? Like, is that just no. to make yourself? <laughs> no, I won't. But if they were there, I'd eat I them. I see. I see. If they're there, you'll take them. But you're yeah. not suggesting that they be poured no. into a bowl. Is no. the veggie tray almost obligatory? Yeah. Just so it looks like yeah. you're trying. Is yeah. that what we've decided here? Well, yeah, I think it's kind of the lifestyle many people are aspiring to these days. Is to at least if you have the chips, offset them with the carrots and the broccoli. Right? Not that it does, but it. Maybe it makes you feel better. I always look at a table on days like this. Even Thanksgiving's like that. You know, the foods that are bad for you are the ones that are colorless, like the beige colors. And so you put the veggies on the table just to make the table look like... Centerpiece. (laughs) Exactly. It's like flowers. The best food is always hot and brown. That's That's right. right. It's hot, it's brown, and it might have a sauce on it that you can't identify. That's the way to go. That's why I go with wings. I love my wings. wings. How many chicken wings do you think will be consumed? On Sunday. Well, they say 100 million people in the United States will watch the game, so I'm going to go with 300 million wings. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a guess for me. If you do want a healthy snack, a tasty healthy snack to offset the potato chips and the chicken wings, I always like frozen grapes. 
That's always a hit. Frozen grapes? Frozen grapes. Are yeah. they in yeah. wine? No. Did you put wine in them first? Like, is it like a them sh- down is first? It, <laughs> is it like a shooter? Like a shooter? I, you could do that. I'm, just, I'm rolling my eyes Anytime at you. Anytime I pull out the frozen grapes, they're always a hit. Like frozen like ice cubes? Yeah, you just put oh. them, you just pull the grapes off and put them in a bowl and put them in the freezer. <laughs> and then uh, you pull them out when it's time for the party. You are I, the I, disappointment of my day. Yeah, when you're watching a sports <laughs> event, though, or even the, you know, the... Oscars or whatever, you just throw health out the window. Yeah, isn't that the <laughs> you, point? No, you do. It's yeah, like a you cheat just, day. You let it rip, right? Yeah. You, know, you start fresh on Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You start over the next day. You get your potato chips and your beer, and away you go. You and you work up. up to it, too. Like, I didn't go to Little Caesars for supper last night. I went to Subway because <laughs> it's healthier. <laughs> Because I know Sunday's coming and Sunday's going to be a mess. We can we can fool ourselves, can't we? Yeah. Yeah. I have a number. Okay. <laughs> and you might have heard me just about fall off my chair. Roughly 28 million pounds, to put that into context, 13,000 tons of chips and 1.25 billion Chicken wings are expected oh to be gosh. consumed on Super Bowl Sunday. And is that just in the United States? That is in the United States. That's a lot of chickens making the ultimate sacrifice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of wings? There's uh, a thing. The, the, I'm not asking what. what so oh, what, what, oh. What would you like? What, what's your flavor? In our house, it's buffalo and salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Yeah, salt and pepper. It's all good. Forte? Well, I, I go for every, anything. Honey, garlic, I don't know, just whatever. Whatever fits in my mouth. Yeah. Peanut butter and uh, jelly? <laughs> yeah, not, wings? not that. Not that. I like teriyaki wings, but they're a mess. So salt. I usually start with the teriyaki, and then I switch to the salt and pepper. Do you like cauliflower wings? They're wings made from cauliflower, <laughs> and then you squeeze grapes over top of them yeah. for like a little uh, citrusy type situation. That sounds really good. Oh, God. It does not. Killing me. Want to start this hour, Loren McNabb, on theft. Yeah, from uplifting stories in the next segment to shoplifting stories. Right now, we've been talking a lot about theft in the city and the province, happening in almost every sector of retail. You know, we mentioned liquor stores a couple of years ago, but we now know it's pretty much everywhere. People stealing guitars or meats and cheese, grocery items, all the rest. It so shows no signs of slowing down, which is exactly why a group of retailers, along with law enforcement officials from across the province, are coming together today to share what they're doing to fight back and, of course, what still needs to be done to help them out. John Graham is with the Retail Council of Canada, which is putting together this roundtable and joins us now. Good morning, John. Good morning, Lauren. Is, was there a tipping point that somewhere along the way over the past months the businesses said, we need to get together now and come up with something as soon as possible? What 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 was the impetus for today? Yeah, without a doubt, there's been uh, you know increasingly uh, more brazen uh, crime and uh, uh, and certainly, if you look at a tipping point, I think it's some of the recent, uh, the, you know, the violent liquor mart uh, incident that kind of really made a number of business associations, including retail councils, say, enough's enough. We've got to change the tune here and uh, uh, precisely drove the need to work together and, uh, and uh, come up with solutions tomorrow, not, not down the road. I think the one thing that I heard from you, John, and it's Greg, by the way. Good morning. Uh, hey, good morning, Greg. It's uh, this revelation from a few weeks ago from you that things are so serious in Winnipeg that retailers are, in fact, bypassing Winnipeg in terms of expansion plans or even looking at Winnipeg uh, for their growth. And I, that was probably the thing that startled me the most. Yet, we are hearing that this is commonplace across Canada. Is it just that much worse here in Manitoba? Yeah, I think that what we're seeing is, and certainly uh, as uh, Marco from Best Buy was saying on your show earlier, that uh, uh, it, crimes 
uh, an issue that every retailer faces in every community. Uh, however, what we find in, in particular, some hot spots in Manitoba, you know, downtown Winnipeg, some other areas that uh, it's just so brazen. There's such um, frequency of repeat offenders. So this prolific group uh, that has no no concerns for the repercussions that uh, are um, are creating a, a lot of safety issues for employees, costs to businesses that are that are located in, the, in these areas. So who's taking part today? What sort of businesses will you see there? I know you, Winnipeg Police is coming. I believe the Justice Minister is going to speak. But what kind, how many businesses are taking part to share what they've been, what they've been dealing with? You know, I'm so proud of Manitoba for coming together. And uh, uh, it's, it's businesses from restaurants and uh, hotels, small and large, urban, rural, you know, national to regional players, uh, and uh, in addition to that, though, we've got a lot of prevention folks, uh, unions, uh, voices of poverty, academia, and, of course, uh, law enforcement and uh, justice and crown. So it's really a bringing together about 100 different voices into the room to come up with uh, some solutions. Hey, not that you would want to promote this or encourage this uh, amongst retailers, but are retailer employees legally allowed to physically restrain a shoplifter? Uh, as they say, I'm not a lawyer, and uh, I know that, uh, so I, I can't really intelligently comment on that because uh, different provinces have different uh, rules. Uh, what, uh, what I know is that often it's a company decision as to how they address uh, uh, shoplifters, and, um, and, but there, there's, there's a lot of clarity that's required. I think it, you, you nailed it as far as the, the need for information sharing amongst businesses to determine what can they do, what can't they do, what are best practices that they should be doing to their stores, to uh, to working with law enforcement, and ultimately, where do we need the, uh, the justice and law enforcement to step in and do things differently and work more collaboratively with the business community. You mentioned prolific groups and groups that are yeah. are maybe uh, out there doing this. So one of the things we heard, we played uh, some some sound from Marco from Best Buy earlier yeah. this morning. He was on the, the station yesterday, yeah. and this idea of sharing information and and visuals and images of these people that we think are maybe at the heart of this. Is there a sense, John? First of all, that that information sharing would be beneficial, and secondly, is there also a sense that it might be a, a, a small number of people that are are doing a lot of this crime. Yeah, I think that the social economical issues that uh, are the foundation of a lot of uh, shoplifting in, in Manitoba are complex issues that uh, aren't what we want to target specifically. Uh, the, the focus needs to be on organized retail crime, and it is this uh, definitive amount of people that are uh, causing the greatest risk and cost to, to businesses. And one of the barriers, uh, we believe, in Manitoba is the ability to share information about uh, known uh, individuals amongst, in a safe format, amongst different retailers so that, and between law enforcement and, and retailers to build cases uh, and ultimately create uh, resulting convictions. Just have a couple uh, seconds here, John. I just want to clear that up. So you're technically you're not allowed right now. If someone comes in a store and they've been this prolific shoplifter, that photo of them, that image of them then can't be shared in a, say, a, a group chat or a network so that the other businesses down the street would be like, hey, this guy's out there right now. Watch for this person. That's not allowed to happen at this moment. It really uh, different provinces to, uh, interpret it, the Digital Privacy Act, which is a federal act differently. And uh 
our understanding in Manitoba is that uh, precisely that we don't have the, 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 the individual's permission to share the personal data uh, until they're actually convicted. So it's a, uh, uh, it's uh, something I think the, the justice is willing to work with us to try to work through. John Graham with the Retail Council of Canada joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Phone lines are open at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win tickets to see a show happening tonight at Burton Cummings Theatre, Diablo, Architecture in Motion. This is, just Google it, it is an amazing acrobatics event. It is something you must see. You don't want to miss it. So call us now at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win tickets. While we're waiting for those phone lines to fill up, Loren McNabb, we got some great feedback at 204-780-6868 on the conversation on this retail summit that's happening to deal with theft. Yeah, the roundtable of businesses and law enforcement coming together to see what they can do and what should still needs to be done to fix shoplifting. And one of the things that came up from the Retail Council was the idea that privacy laws might be stopping or preventing retailers from sharing photos of would-be thefts or prolific shoplifters with other businesses so they can say, watch for this person or watch for this strategy. And they said they had some concerns about privacy laws potentially preventing them from creating a network of info. Well, that had a listener texting to say, bleep privacy laws. I'm part of a business security network group chat that we do share pictures of others that have stolen, created damage to our properties or have assaulted staff. This group consists of business members and police members. He says, feel free to share my comments because right now it's businesses versus the social issue. And he adds, doors will close. Doors will close if things don't change. Let us know what you think at 204-780-6868. But now we go to the phones for a chance to win tickets for a show happening tonight called Diavolo. And we've got Dave on the line. Dave, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. So we mentioned it earlier that... Diavolo was a top 10 finalist on which American television show? Do you know the answer? Dave, are you there? Yes, I'm here, yeah. Do you know the answer? Are you, are you? No, I don't know the answer. Okay. All right, Dave. Hey, thanks for trying. Let's try Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Do you know the answer? America's Got Talent. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Now, yes. Did, did, did you get My birthday this? tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited. Yay! Happy right. birthday. Right on, Amanda. Hey, congratulations. Now, did you know the answer, or did you get an assist from Google? Oh, no. I, I followed them profusely when they were on TV, so oh, I'm really? really excited. Oh, right on, Amanda. Well, hey, yeah. we're super happy for you, and uh, once again, happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. Stand by, Amanda. I'm going to put you on hold. Jeff Forte is going to get your details. Tails off the air. That's wonderful. I felt uh, sad for Dave there because he sounded so sad, but now I feel really good that someone on their birthday or close to their birthday gets to go to this and that they wanted to. And Dave can feel like he uh, gave a birthday gift. Yes. That's right. Thank you, Dave. That's right. Amanda getting an assist from Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for playing, everybody. Hey, if you've ever had the feeling that people who cut you off in traffic are driving those fancy cars, you may be on to something because a new study out of Finland suggests men who are aggressive by nature and have little empathy are more likely to drive high-end vehicles. Oh boy, Global's Dave Woodard has more. You're driving on the 401, traffic is moving along, not too badly for a weekday, when all of a sudden... (laughs) 
That jerk driving the Beamer just cut you off. Well, according to a Finnish study of nearly 2,000 people, chances are it was an egotistical, disagreeable man. The report asked those car owners about the make and model of their cars and their personality traits and found that most men who drive high-end German vehicles like an Audi or Mercedes are more likely to be aggressive drivers. Dave Woodard, Global News. (laughs) So I looked at this study. So they looked at the numbers. They found BMW, Audi, and Mercedes-Benz drivers racked up the highest number of speeding tickets in the year that they did this study. Well, that's because those cars can go fast. They can go faster. But then that was an old study. This new one is about the idea of the psychology behind it. Oh, boy. And just basically a-holes. I don't even know if I'm not. I should have asked if I could even say that word on radio. Not only they drive Mercedes-Benz, disagreeable men also drive them. But then they found that conscientious people also drive them. So basically, it's a study that says if there's a jerk out there, you might be in a high-end car. But so are the nice people. It's confusing. (laughs) I like it better when it's just the jerks. It comes from Finland, so it's got to be true. That's the way I'm looking at this. (laughs) Let us know what you think. Do you drive a fancy car? And do you agree with these findings or disagree? The fifth annual Winnipeg Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards returns Saturday, April 18th to the Metropolitan Entertainment Centre. This is an event that Mackling, McGarry and McNabb had the privilege of hosting last year. It was a blast. And the public nomination process is now open at wnla.ca or winnipegnightlifeawards.com. In studio with us, we have Tracy Koga, who is chair of the Winnipeg Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards Committee. Also, ilikehugh.com, spelled H-U-E. And Sarah Brooker is a committee member live in studio this morning. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So the Winnipeg Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards is kind of, it started off more nightlife, but it's kind of become like a just a whopping celebration of all things Winnipeg. Tracy, am I correct in that? You are very correct. Last year, we kind of opened it up to lifestyle and we had a lot of categories. This year, I've seen the results from last year. We've kind of streamlined it, but again, it's still Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards and 21 categories, and the nominations are open, and we are still the only public awards, uh, I guess, event. Give us an example of some of the award categories that people might, because you hear Nightlife, and you obviously you think of the restaurants and the bars, but Mm -hmm. I was saying just a few minutes ago that it's amazing all the other places that people can A, receive the accolades, which is nice for the mm-hmm. businesses, but also we get to see, oh, wow, I didn't even know that place existed. That's super cool. So some of the categories would be? Um, well, we're, again, bringing back uh, favorite food truck, you know, coffee, barista bar. Uh, we've added this year bartender mixologist because there was, you know, I guess a calling for that. And uh, Loren, just to uh, piggyback on what you said, Cheban won for uh, new restaurant of the year, which again is in the in the categories, but it, it was one of the best speeches ever, and mm-hmm. on how their immigrants, you know, they found their dream and their their passion, and being recognized, you know, in a small. We won't want to say a small way because the public does vote, so this is huge. Yeah, they came off the stage with tears in their mm-hmm. eyes, right? They, they, did, they yeah. was super emotional. It was awesome to see, and then then there was also people screaming in excitement, Sarah, when they <laughs> yeah. won, right? Like with celebrations. Yeah. I yeah. just feel like that's a true Winnipeg moment because. That's exactly what these awards are all about, and that's why it's so important to get your nominations in. Like, even if you only have maybe passion in one category, like, go in and nominate under the one category. Like, you don't have to go in and nominate under each thing. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's something that you specialize in or work in or 
have a lot of love for, this is your opportunity to put that person's name out there so that then we can all go in and vote for them. And it's something like Shaban that it just like really shows true passion and that's what we're like striving for here. It's a true celebration of Winnipeg and Winnipeg are celebrating one another. And what better year to do that than in the shadow of this year's Grey Cup, people feeling really good about what's going on and Warmer January temperatures, probably not hurting either, the way people are feeling about their hometown. Well, that's great, too, because we are, I guess our slogan this year is, we are the after party of the decade. So, you know, what better way to celebrate the new decade to have a really great after party. So we really hope that uh, people go onto the website, wnla.ca, nominate, votes will start coming in. Um, Just to mention quickly, too, on February 3rd, we are offering early bird ticket prices for VIPs. So that will be thirty nine ninety nine, and then afterwards the regular price price goes up to forty nine ninety nine, and then there's general admission for twenty five bucks, and this is all to get into the awards on Saturday. So the no, the nomination process closes on February fourteenth, and then mm-hmm. voting begins mm-hmm. Monday, February twenty fourth. And when the nominations first come out, I think that's one of my favorite parts of this because. When you go and look at all these nominations, it tells you about stuff that you've probably never heard of in Winnipeg, right? Like mm-hmm. Sarah, they'll, they'll, I always it's learn of restaurants. It's exposing you to yeah. all sorts of avenues that maybe you're not familiar with because you wouldn't have nominated in that category mm-hmm. because maybe you're not familiar with it. But you can go on and look and then you might do your research and look deeper to make your vote. And that's what this is all about. Like just really show Winnipeg you have passion and these small businesses or big businesses, whatever it's coming at you um, and that's what is so important here. It helps celebrate what businesses are doing but I also yeah. used the list last year after I don't know how many times you know, you're switching to a hairdresser or a stylist yeah, or you're looking yes. for different things or a place to go and you're looking for reviews and then something pops up and says well they won basically the people's choice of Winnipeg right for that and you're like oh well exactly. I might as well go give that place a shot I'm curious if you hear feedback from businesses Tracy on just the impact that has on bringing more people as well mm-hmm. to their place of work. Well it's interesting I think you know now that we're going into our fifth year that you know social media everything like that has been great and yes these people are feeling love and it's Mm -hmm. really really nice to see it's really heartwarming for an entrepreneur who has been working so hard and you know maybe in the shadows maybe not enough you know advertising or whatever and then they get this award and I didn't get the award maybe even just nominated because the list is out there right and come out to the event You know, like just being at the event is like so exciting and you can network and you can hang out with great people. And like that is a whole community in itself, like just being out that night. And um, I think that that's also super important. Yeah, Talk about that value of networking, Sarah, just being in a room with people who are like minded. That's such a threshold to to cross, to be with people who feel the same way you do in a general sense about business, about the city. I think because, well, I feel very passionate <laughs> about Winnipeg um, and as a small business owner myself that has had like quite a lot of success, which is driven behind loyalty and people just being super dedicated to you. It's not about even like networking the way like here's my business card. Mm-hmm. It's just about being in the same room with those people. We have such admiration for each other. Um, we all do work very mm-hmm. hard. And that's what we're all striving for here is just to uh, put those accolades mm-hmm. out, like you said, Lorette. And like it's just so important to um, showcase whether you win the award or not, like just 
being there is so exciting. And there's the drinks too that come with it, if we can throw that oh, in. Yes. There was like five or six different kind of drinks, and I was, I hated that. That's very exciting. We as were well. hosting last year, and I was like, can't really have any of these right now. So I had to go back as a non host to well, dabble in some yeah. of those special they'll all, they'll all be back. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I had, I tried a few of them because I was nervous beforehand. <laughs> didn't stop me. <laughs> so Tracy Koga, once yes. again, chair of the Winnipeg Nightlife Lifestyle Awards Committee. I like Hugh.com and Sarah Brooker, committee member. Go to WNLA.com. Now to make your nominations, Mm -hmm. which close February 14th and voting begins February 24th. The awards Saturday, April 18th at the Met. Ladies, thank you for popping by. Thank you so much. McNabb, I slept in today. I didn't have time to eat. Thankfully, La Poutine Week is here. See, you did the opposite. I knew La Poutine Week was coming in. I like how we made that his name. That's not his name, but the event. And I deliberately am not eating at all in the last like 15 hours so that I can feel a little bit less guilty about what we're going to consume in a few minutes time. Trevor Boonhai is with Canadians. He is the vice president of marketing and he joins us live on 680 CJOB. And you have brought Trevor three amazing looking poutines with you. That I can't wait to dive into. They're sitting in front of Greg right now. They're they're, they're out of reach, <laughs> which is a good thing because I w- the interview would just stop and I would just be sitting there eating. So cool. turn off my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, so good morning to you, first of all, Trevor. Good morning. Hello. Thank you very much for having us in. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity here. Is it um, fair to say that poutine is a food you can eat at all hours of the day? Well, you know, yeah, I think so, because the creations are all very different. So why not? You Mm -hmm. know, poutine for everybody, especially if you're, you know, Quebec origin. But yes. It's got the basic (laughs) food groups. You know. Potato, gravy, and cheese. Are those not (laughs) what we... We need a breakfast poutine. Ah, to make you feel better? If they throw bacon on poutine, you're good. You could do do with like hash browns, scrambled eggs, your choice of meat, a little bit of cheese, some hollandaise sauce. Who's with me on this? I'm in. Okay. Okay. Could you go gravy? Could you go gravy with the scrambled eggs? You could. Okay, I challenge uh, Jason uh, Perfumo is listening this morning, as he often does. <laughs> I challenge Jason to come up with, for next year, a breakfast poutine. That sounds very good. Jason said to say hello. I was with him 20 minutes ago. He he did cook these up. Oh, us. fantastic. Yeah. So let's talk about what you brought in, just as some of the examples, because they've really gotten creative this year, but also there's some of the traditionals over there. So you've got three. Where are they from and, and what's what are they made of? Absolutely. Thank you. So we have eight entries altogether, but the ones I brought to share today, um, first is a tavern entry uh, from our Polo Park location just over here. It's the Manitoba 150 Mac and Cheese Poutine. So uh, our Tavern United signature English cut chips, new Bothwell cheese curds, gravy topped with some bacon, jalapeno mac and cheese, a three cheese sauce, and then that big fat jalapeno right on top. In case you missed it, there are potato chips on top of the french fries, just in case you need more <laughs> chip. I just wanted to mention that. that. Yeah, and that that one is actually our Garbanzo's homage to home. So we are, uh, Canadians is a sponsor, a signature sponsor of Manitoba 150. So we're trying to do a lot with Manitoba ingredients here. So that one is uh, tater tots, bacon, red onions, cheese sauce, blended cheese, Danny's whole hog roasted garlic pulled pork, pulled pork, pardon me, and then finished with the old Dutch chips and a royal whiskey sauce if you want to live on the edge. How important are these events 
Like we just had Fried Chicken Fest in the city. I mean, we've got there's a, there are a whole bunch of these different events that happen throughout the year. How important are these events to bring new customers through the door? Yeah, you know, it's a, that's an excellent question. Thanks for asking. They're important on a, f- a couple of fronts. They allow our culinary team, we've got a pretty large culinary team, to get creative, try new things. They allow our customers, whether they're new customers or our regular customers, to come in and try different things as well. So um, I'd say that they're fun, right? And most importantly this year, and it's not just Canadians, every Winnipeg entry through the uh, organizers, Charcoal Collaborative, has a dollar from every purchase going to a gap table. It's the first time they're doing this, oh, and great. that's a really Winnipegers are giving a giving lot, so it's a really nice addition to that's the program. That's a terrific uh, tie-in when we're yeah. when we're tasting all this wonderful food and overindulging, maybe to a certain extent, that uh, those that that, that go without sometimes uh, benefit from that. So when you talk about poutine, and and Loren, you sort of mentioned it, we played off the whole idea that you could do incredible things. Did we get around to this Tavern United one here? Actually, it has the Tavern label, but that one is our Resto 12. So it's one of our... Oh, yeah, yeah, downtown. One of our best-kept secrets. It's the Resto 12 restaurant, 12th floor of the Radisson. Beautiful view up there. It's called Our Best View Poutine. There we so, go. Good, nice. <laughs> winner, winner. Chicken. Steak dinner. <laughs> so this one is made of our uh, crispy fries topped with beef tenderloin strips. Again, new, new Bothwell cheese, some rosemary and peppercorn gravy, and topped off with pickled shallots. How many poutines are, like, do you actually have to estimate, okay, we, we suspect we're going to sell this many poutines in a given yeah, day? Yeah, so we've been um, a participant since it started, both Pizza Week and, our pardon, Pizza Week is here, uh, uh, Burger Week and, and La Poutine Week. We've been a participant since they've started. So year over year, we've got to kind of estimate the uh, the volumes that, that people will do. And, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. People will kind of do tours. Some people will do takeout. Of course, it starts tomorrow, as you said. So Super Bowl Sunday is here. Some people may line up a few different options and do that. Um, but yeah, we start. To, we've we've got a good handle on estimating the type of volumes we'll see throughout the week. When you go to the different restaurants or talk to your chefs, uh, what's the response in terms of their buy-in on this? Because it used to be poutine. You think of just the three things: the, the curds, the gravy, and the fries. And now it's become this whole other like competition of what can you add that still tastes great that makes this good and so the chefs must really get excited about it in the sense of the creativity that allows them to to, even if it doesn't work for a whole year it works for the week yes 100 percent correct this is their chance to kind of be let off the leash so to speak and and do their thing as a matter of fact last year for burger week we decided because we're a large organization to hold a competition and the chefs all did their own contesting. We had 16 people do testing of the burgers and then we entered a number of them. So this is their time. This is their chance to do what they want and create what they want. Do you often find that once they've done that, the thing that was just supposed to be like a one week trial thing turns into a full time menu item? Of course, that's an opportunity as well to turn something into a full time menu item and um, everybody's obviously uh, cheering for their own entry when, when that occurs, but uh, we cheer for each other, right? So, you know, everything we're offering, again, back to having guests come in and the ability to try something new, and especially if they're part of our regular our, our regular guests, it's nice. And to weigh in on it as to whether or not they like it and how much they like it and to perhaps have that influence on the menu down the road, that isn't something that was typically a part of 
of the of the restaurant industry necessarily. I mean, certainly your bestsellers stayed on the menu and you're right. looking to revamp the menu, but this is a genuine opportunity for people to uh, to vote a, a little bit with their with their taste buds, not just their wallets. Absolutely. You're 100% right. People are uh, uh, in in today's social media age, people have the opportunity to either be a fan or right. a foe, and it's uh, it's a great opportunity, right? It it teaches us and it gives that that uh, new options for for customers. Sixty six restaurants par- participating in La Poutine Week, and you can get more information at lapoutineweek.com. Once again, Resto Twelve, the Radisson has the Manitoba one fifty best view poutine. Tavern United Polo Park has the Manitoba. Uh, where did it go? I'm trying to scroll back 150? up. 150? Manitoba 150 mac and cheese poutine. And the third one is... Oh, Garbanzo's, Garbanzo's Polo Park. I remember it had bacon on it. Homage to home. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. Pork and bacon. Maybe both. <laughs> Tater tots. And don't forget the uh, old Dutch uh, ripple chips. And is it... Is it uh, was it whiskey sauce? Whiskey sauce and Danny's whole, whole hog. There we go. <laughs> well, Trevor Bunet with Canadins, Vice President of Marketing, joining us live on 680 CJOB for La Poutine Week. Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me in. Have a great Friday. We are going to because we're now going to eat the yeah. poutine. I was like, great to see you. Can great. you just wrap this up so great. we can start eating? Fries and gravy and all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> Don't worry, Forte. We'll bring some out to you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We were just talking about, do they still, are trading cards still a thing, collecting cards? And as it turns out, Mackling, you have just handed me a trading card. I think it just went to the uh, top of my list of favorite trading cards. It's of Manitoba's 2020 champion child, and his name is Brady. We're going to introduce him to you. Brady Brobrowicz, did I say that right? Brobrowicz? Bobrowich. There we go. Bobrowich. Yes, you did say it right. Okay. See, I said it right the first time. I, I have like said him it the already. He's time. ready to correct us, like just it. in case. That's great. So he is here on behalf of the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. And Brady was born in July of 2007. He's got all his stats on the back of his card here. I really dig this. But what he what brings us to him us to him today is the fact that he deals with neurofibro. Matosis type one. Brady, thanks for coming to see us. You're welcome. And congratulations on being the champion child of 2020. How did you get involved in this? Well, I, I'm, uh, my mom got an email from the hospital asking, the Children's Hospital Foundation asked me if I wanted to be the Children's Hospital Foundation champion child. And I just said yes. Well, we're glad that you did. Well, you get to have your picture on this card. You get to be part of campaigns, but you get to share with people a bit about who you are. When you're telling people, if they say, what is neurofibromatosis? I wanted to make sure I got it right. How do you explain to them what that is? I mean, it's uh, it's where tumors can go anywhere off nerve systems, off the nerves. And I one right on my left side and my spine, which is my base one. And it's twisted into my uh, the, my nerve, so it can't ever be removed. It can't be removed? Yes. So what impact does that have on, on the movements you might make if it's right in your back? Definitely I can't move as much. Uh, I can't bend back as much. and I have a hard time just playing sports and stuff, yeah. 
So your favorite sport, I'm guessing, is hockey because it says your dream job would be a professional hockey player. And I love the fact that your hero is your dad. Your mom, Corinne, is here and your sister, Brooke. But tell us a little bit about your dad. What makes him your hero? Definitely he taught me how to play hockey. He takes me out hunting every year. He taught me how to shoot a gun and everything. That sounds really neat, like you spend a lot of time. And then one more fun fact here. You have a black lab puppy named Chief. Does that mean you're cheering for the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday? Is there any connection there at all? No, because uh, my favorite singer is Eric Church, and his nickname is Chief, mm-hmm. so we just named after him. Okay. Great idea. That. This whole playing card is awesome because I also grew up with three siblings, and I have two boys, and I like the part that it says on here, Sibling, a little sister named Brooke who is annoying sometimes, but also energetic and fun, sweet, caring, and smart. Added note, not stronger than her brother. I know you weren't supposed to be part of the interview, but you are sitting there, Brooke. How do you feel about that? Good. You feel good? You're yeah. okay being a little bit annoying? Yeah. That's what a good sibling is, man. you got to be <laughs> a little sort of bit annoying. Job. Yes. When you're the younger sibling, you have to be annoying, right, Brooke? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the job description. <laughs> so so what do you think of this guy? Sorry, Brett, what do you think of this guy? Uh... Really doing a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These two are the cutest smiling at each other. Aren't they? It's great. So, Brady, when you're told that you have this condition where this tumor can't be removed, how do you how do you stay positive? How do you stay happy? What do you do to, to, to keep your chin up? I mean, definitely just uh, try to make the best of it. It doesn't affect me not doesn't affect me that much, but I can do stuff I still love to do. Thanks to Children's Hospital Foundation. Does it mean you've been in and out of the hospital a lot over the years? I mean, I'm usually in the hospital. I go every six months for MRIs there. But thanks to donors at Children's Hospital, which you should do, you, uh, they have goggles so kids can watch movies. So when you go for the MRI, they now give you these sets. I know we were talking earlier in this year because there was a blue bomber. Matt Nichols. Matt Nichols helped contribute to That's buying right. more of those glasses. Yeah. And so tell me a bit. Is the, can the MRI be scare, like a scary thing to have if you don't have those goggles or the distraction of the movie? It usually, uh, like one time, it kind of like fell off a bit. And if people are claustrophobic, it, it's very close to, it's very uh, enclosed space around you. Yeah, it can be frightening, I think, to be yeah. in there, which is why the goggles are nice, particularly for kids, Greg. Yeah, how long How long does the MRI take, Brady? Uh, it usually takes around two hours. It's a long time to yeah. lie yeah. still, right? Yeah. Because that's an important part of the process. Yep. So you're saying, and I, I love the message that you're spreading here with regard to uh, think about donating to the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba, because this equipment isn't something that they can get otherwise. It... it comes down to the generosity of people like Matt Nichols, like your friends, your family, people might be listening today, to, because the, the medical system might call this a, an extra, a perk that they don't necessarily have money to fund. Is there anything else that, that makes things easier for you that people have helped out with? I'm definitely my uh, surgeon, Dr. Johnson, is phenomenal. He, uh, he's done all my surgeries for me. He's just the best. Is he like your friend now? Yeah. Yeah. Also, my oncologist, Dr. Vannon, he uh, helps me uh, find trials and 
try and try and find Charles to maybe stop the growth of my tumors and no, better. No, Brady, there's a, a quote here at goodbear.ca where if you want to read more on Brady, the headline on this article is Perseverant Boy Becomes 2020 Champion Child. And you say, my spine bends like a tree with branches too heavy on one side. First of all, that's very poetic and you paint a really vivid picture. But is that what it feels like? Like you feel like you're kind of a, a tree that's weighted on one side? I mean, it's it's kind of like a figure of speech, but... I, I'm not only hitting on one side. It's hard to notice that I have a bend in my spine. So, yeah. So Brady's not skipping school today because <laughs> you happen to have an in-service day today. I actually think that's too bad. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a point of you gotta skip school. Once well, in a originally while. had him scheduled to come yesterday, oh. and then I guess mom had the brainwave. Well, instead <laughs> of missing school, so sorry. We did our best, Brady, to <laughs> help you get a little bit out of school. But you must love it. What grade are you in? What school do you want? Do you go to? If I you want to talk about that. I am in grade seven. I go to Lockport Junior High. Lots of friends there. Yeah. Do you get a lot of support from from the from from your friends and and do they treat you any differently there? Uh no, they're just like friends and you can a lot of support. Good. Now, your dream is to become a professional hockey player. Yep. Just in case, is there something you're studying extra hard at school in case you have to go to university or something like that? I mean, definitely. I know I was going to be a professional hockey player cuz that's on my wounds because of my uh, disease I have. But I, my other job I want to do is become an engineer. Ah, what kind of things would you like to build? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have, I have to ask, so I'm a mom, and I, my kids always say they want to be a hockey player too. And I have to say, okay, but just in case, what else are we studying? That's right. Just in case, and just, they don't have. You sound like you're ahead of it because they don't have much of a backup plan right now. A little bit of a plan B is good. Lego a big deal in your life at your house? Do you like to build stuff with Lego? I mean, I usually get Lego sets and I like building them. It just takes me about half an hour, hour probably. So you're quick on that stuff. I like it. Well, Brady, what a pleasure it is to meet you once again. Manitoba's 2020 champion child, Brady Bobrovich, joining us live on 680 CJOB. And you can help kids like Brady today by visiting goodbear.ca. Uh, pleasure to meet you, sir, and your family, including your little sister, Brooke. Not annoying at all from what I can tell, so I'm not so mm-hmm. sure about this description. And oh, this year at home. <laughs> And you pointed out in the card, as as Greg mentioned, not stronger than her brother, though. You have a firm handshake, young man. Yes. So you are indeed strong. Yes, agreed. I thought the exact same thing. I'm surprised to hear he's 12 because I thought I was a a man shake. Yeah, that was a good one. So good on you and good to meet you. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.